1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by E.P. Wealth. Welcome in to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Also known as, I guess, The Rob Black Show. Big event coming up right around the corner. Literally, December 7th. Thursday, 630 to 730 retirement readiness is a financial goal that almost everyone wishes to obtain. And yet, from my side of the microphone, I see fewer and fewer people able to do it from Chad's side of the microphone. He's able to see more people do it because CFP Chad Burton is with us today. He is a certified financial planner. He is with EP Wealth. He will be running the event talking about tax efficiency, taxes, health and wellness, investing, long-term care savings, and much, much more. You could still sign up. It's a webinar from your home, six 30 to seven 30 Thursday, December 7th, seven steps of retirement readiness or seven steps for retirement readiness. Chad, let's talk about travel. It's something that, um, I think we all want to do before we die. It's something that we all talk about. It's something we put, post on our socials, um, when I say travel, what's it mean to you
2: well a, a lot of people who have major travel plans in retirement right It's like hey, I've been first I raised kids, which you know traveling with young kids is very difficult, right plus they don't really remember much before six, so right. having four kids you know all the way from seven to twenty three years old they can tell you that their most of their earliest memories are you know six and after um and then you get into the, the, your your kids are in sports, so you can't travel that much because your soccer games every single weekend, for example, Then they get off to college, you're able to travel a little bit more and then retirement comes. And that's really where you want to go the different places and longer trips. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but what I'm having to do and what our, our certified financial planner practitioners are having to do when they're like updating financial plans is increase those travel budgets by quite a bit. Um, You know, the average retiree is that that does travel is spending over eleven thousand dollars a year now based on basic studies that I've seen for one trip. That's one trip, Rob. So inflation, when it comes to travel, went from nobody was traveling during covid to everybody wants to travel. And I think a lot of that has to do with social media, right? You see everybody else's life on a day-to-day basis. So when they go on trips, True. you get that FOMO, of fear of missing out. Oh, this this place looks amazing. Um, and so I want to quit working. I want to travel the world. I want to see different cultures, see that the stuff I haven't seen. And getting a good idea of the budget now, I think is, is I mean, I've seen people that come in, oh, I want to travel and they've got $5,000 a year for, a budget i'm like okay that was one trip for one person five years ago maybe um and yeah you can travel on a shoestring right you can stay at hostels and things like that but when you're 65 years old you're probably not going to want to do that and 65 year olds stay at hostels i'm sure there's some out there for sure after seeing the I, movie hostel i wouldn't want to do it oh man i t- i'm so bougie when it comes to travel now rob because <laughs> I i it, That's what that's what I get called. Because here's the deal. I you know I grew up camping, taking all my kids camping. And sure. um, Ava, my youngest kind of uh, when she was, you know, two, three years old, for some reason, when we'd camp, she'd shove everything in her mouth. So that was always an issue. So it kind of got over that phase, because the more kids you have, the more work camping is, it's like you have three days to get ready, three days of camping, three days to clean up. That's right. And so now it's like when I take time off work, first of all, I always bring my stuff with me, right? I always have my espresso awesome travel screen so I can work from anywhere, but undoubtedly I'm taking some time off. So I have some catch up. And so if I'm going to have that stressful catch up phase, when I return to work, I better have a really good trip, very relaxing trip, sleep really well on a really good bed you know, those kind of things. So, sure. um, and I don't have a lot of time to plan stuff and events and I don't sit at pools. You know, I'm, I'm off doing, you know, jumping off stuff, hiking stuff, ATV tours and that kind of stuff. So I need somebody to kind of book all that for me. That's why I use to do a lot of that stuff, which is not cheap, but it's, it's really convenient. But I think a lot of people have to go back and, and update their travel budget. And I mean, it has to do a lot with finance, right? Where, where are we at in the world? Um, Right now, we still have a relatively strong dollar. So planning those European trips, good idea to do that right now, right? Interesting. Interesting.
1: I want to be thinking that even though I know that, it's not what I think about. When I think vacation, I'm like family plan, not dollar plan.
2: I know. That's the thing is like you have very certain (laughs) pockets right now to travel with the kids in high school, right? And so you have the spring break, the Christmas break, all the terrible times to travel. That's your only options, right? Is when it's super busy, super busy, and uh, super expensive. Yeah, that's right. Um, but the the last podcast that I was in the last show, last hour, I was talking about uh, point inflation, right? Where there's been all of a sudden an increase for the first time and in air mile values when you book, but that's supposed to go the other direction. You're seeing all these mergers, you're seeing a huge amount of airline points out there in the market from credit card signups. And so too much of one thing, a lot of times causes airlines to say, oh, you know, now your airline miles aren't worth as much. So I've been banking my Alaska miles, for example, for a long time. And I, it felt, oh, cool. I've got X, you know, nearly a million miles. I'm so cool. But now I'm like, okay, I got to use those up. Because I might see inflation and those might be worth less in a year or two. So maybe you should be using those up or using credit card fees much, much smarter as you get into retirement to save money. That's where between credit card fees and, you know, using different travel services, even Costco has great, you know, deals on vacations. So learning how to save money if you are going to travel more is really important in retirement.
1: And not only the points subject to inflation, but the points are subject to terms of use and them changing friend of mine had a southwest card five years ago and then basically southwest cut the points value by a third just overnight well there was a little bit of a notice but just overnight so a flight to la was you know instead of 100 points it was suddenly 130 points um so use the points right
2: yeah use the points i'm starting to to use mine more and then i'm kind of trying to research and think about moving away from a specific airline using specific airline credit cards to more of a combination of other credit card points that transfer better to all of the different airlines or hotels. So again, it's kind of a resolution to get a little bit better. But I mean, if you had a guy like the points guy or thrifty travel, you know, some of these guys on the shows that are really good at it. um, There's some you know, people that I know that are very wealthy, but yet they still have stacks of credit cards. They play the points game, the free money yeah. game. They, you know, they don't run up their credit card accounts, but they play the game and make a lot of money and fly a lot of first class free. <laughs> so there's, there are ways to do it.
1: I'm good with credit cards. If you ever needed my advice, cause I do a different type of show than you. I'm more consumer facing or retail facing, or is are more prospect facing. Um, if you ever want to talk, let me know. Cause, um, I got that area down well, but I don't do the big jump to that first class, like ultra traveler, if that makes sense. Anyhow, Chad, we have the big seven steps for retirement readiness virtual seminar coming up. Anything that you want to talk about with us while we plug it for uh, today's episode?
2: Yeah, I think balancing travel, like, uh, you know, one of the last things we'll talk about is quality of life and what you're going to yep. do in retirement and what's important for that. And travel is important. And and for me, it became an issue of, okay, looking at retirement, doing this business to so the 30th year of the business. Um, see, for me, I've, I'm even fine with, I love what I do. So I'm fine with delaying my retirement and spending more money on travel now. Right. The fact is, you got to get a plan that maps those kind of different options out. Hey, if I travel this much more per year and take a little bit extra time off, take a sabbatical. What will that do to my retirement date where if I retire, I still have a linear cash flow model that works a Monte Carlo simulation, which is the order of stock market return risk that works. How does that all play out? Um, And knowing how that affects your retirement, because like I said, I want to travel a little bit more now um, and delay my retirement because I don't mind working.
1: So the tax-efficient distribution strategies you'll talk about you'll hit travel you'll hit taxes you'll hit health and wellness investing long-term care it is the seven steps for retirement readiness live webinar thursday evening 6 30 pacific time to 7 30 pacific time you can sign up at cfp web uh, chad burton's website chadburton.com that's chadburton.com or my website robblackshow.com think you're in
3: good shape for retirement Find out how you're really doing with the 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, December 7th for a live webinar you can watch from home. Chad will walk you through these 7 Steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least 500000 in investable assets and want to better gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate and create tax efficiencies. This event is for you. The seven steps for retirement readiness webinar, Thursday, December 7th, 630 to 730 p.m. Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. Can't make it to the live webinar? Register to receive an on-demand recording after the webinar concludes. Go to robblackshow.com. So if you haven't figured it out,
1: I recently changed up my times that I record from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. I'm getting a little bit older, a little bit slower, but also a little bit wiser. The switch should allow me to bring you better content that's a little more fully flushed out for the day. Yesterday, the NASDAQ was up fractionally. The S&P 500 and now we down fractionally. Ten-year treasury continues to go lower, 4.17. More on that in just a minute. Um, stocks were... Eh, like not really up, not really down, right? Sometimes we feel that. Um, some of the big stories yesterday, and, and I thought there were some, I don't want to exaggerate. MasterCard was resumed with an outperform at BMO Capital Markets, price target of 475 Um The earnings on MasterCard were fantastic, and Visa got the same kind of upgrade with a target of 280 I own Visa. I like both of them. I think they're long-term smart plays. Um, and SolarBerg of Rise of action. Stocks ever mentioned on this show. Nike got a buy at Goldman. Tar- price target was raised to 139 A little bit disappointing on a three-year basis, but a, a great long-term name in my opinion. Apple was the big winner yesterday, up 2%. On uh, News that Foxconn resumed iPhone production at its India factory following a weather related disruption and that they've upped the orders for the quarter while well, uh, the, uh, they've upped the current orders, which means the phone selling well or the phone selling better than expected internally something along those lines right today stocks are moving higher as yields fall stocks opened higher with the Russell 2000 leading. Uh, I like seeing that versus the Nasdaq leading Nasdaq's done great this year. I'm not saying pass the baton, but something like that. The upturn in the markets came after ADP's employment report showed companies added one hundred and three thousand private sector jobs in November. That's lower than the hundred and twenty thousand estimate at the same time. Worker productivity increased in the third quarter to a five point two percent. That's really something we haven't talked a lot about on this show. In a long time, it was back in the 1990s and early 2000s, where computers and the internet and email really upped the uh, performance and the productivity of the American worker. We can pay them more if they do more. Wall Street—let no, me correct that—not we. Wall Street is comfortable having them being paid more if they do more. That's the better way of saying it. Today, the ten-year Treasury sits at 4.14%. Some big stories out there. High shipping cost was the number one reason that shoppers abandoned their shopping carts on websites like Amazon. 20% of people said higher shipping costs. I think that only goes higher. Rom-coms are out, but rom-commerce is in. Walmart's releasing 23 new and original episodes. It's a holiday series called Add to Heart, which is play on Add to Cart. Yeah, It's going to be all done on Nick Duck. TikTok, Roku, and YouTube. It's going to feature 330 Walmart products. Uh, About 5% of all e-commerce shopping will be done through social networks in the next two years. I think this is smart. America's attention is short. If you create 23 episodes of two young, good-looking people shopping for holiday gifts, I get it. And they fall in love at the same time. I get it. Americans don't have a 30 minute time horizon on TikTok. They've got a three to five minute. Uncle Sam is being Uncle Stingy. The seven and a half thousand dollar credit for electronic vehicles, electric vehicles, electronic. What's wrong with me? I should put a penny in jar every time I say, what's wrong with me? I'd be a penny millionaire. Yeah, that's what I'd be um starting next month cars with chinese-made battery parts will no longer be eligible for the full seven thousand five hundred dollar credit china's the world's top ev battery producer it could mean higher prices for americans elon musk said get ready for the 30 uh 700 tax credit because he's not ready to go completely with chinese uh, non-chinese batteries Americans have racked up a trillion dollars in credit card debt. 39% of Americans say credit card debt is the biggest threat to building wealth. Yet they do it anyway. I say, not shame on you, but the one thing I realized early in life was I got to get rid of that debt, that credit card debt that came out of college. And it was credit card debt that was stupid debt. Like, oh, I need a pizza. It's Friday night at midnight. Probably could have gone to bed. Record passengers are hitting the airline industry as the industry recovers. Airlines should carry a record number of passengers next year. COVID nineteen is looking far behind. Record four point seven billion people. Four point seven billion people are going to travel next year. That cray cray. Pre pandemic, four point five billion. There will be one hundred and eighty three billion dollars in losses. In uh, there were one hundred and eighty three billion dollars in losses. Due to COVID between 2020 and 2022. This year, airlines are expected to make 23.3 billion worldwide. That's a big swing. And yet, net profits are so small, it could happen again. Net profit margin is about 2.7%. It's tiny. Listen to this. This blew me away to see this statistic. How much do you think the airline makes on your seat? You're paying $800 to fly to Mexico. You're paying $400 to fly to New York. How much do you think they're making on your seat on average? You're butt in that seat. $5.45. That's it. Because 4.7 billion people are traveling. They can make the industry work. A frickin' fracking cup of coffee. Not even a cup of coffee in some cities. Some cities, I've seen it as high as $7, $8 for a basic cup of Joe. They make 545 for you flying. Suddenly, I feel bad. The air cargo rates of 2020, 2022 are gone. The airline industries are making $111 billion in 2024. That's down from $210 billion in 2021 when they could charge exorbitant prices. Big it Thursday evening, Thursday evening, 630 to 738, maybe 745. The seven steps for retirement readiness with CFP Chad Burton. It's an important one. It's free. It's a webinar. You can sign up at RobBlackShow.com. That's RobBlackShow.com. I'm Rob
2: Black. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at RobBlack.com. That's robblack.com powered by E.P. Wealth.
1: Joining me now, the one, the only Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com reliable source of domestic and international news that you can use. I start my day each and every day with page one. So even though Patrick and I have never crossed paths, I do plan to make that right before I retire or when I retire before he retires, um, because he's been a great addition to the show all these years. Patrick, um, everything's feeling a little bit better, and even your page one column starts with looking and smelling better. Are we ho-ho rallying away?
4: Well, good morning, Rob. Um, Yeah, it looks like we want to, uh, and we're getting some cooperation from the thing that seems to matter most to the stock market, and that's interest rates right now. Sure. Um, you know, we see the 10-year yield coming down yet again today. Um, you know, I guess what a little over a month ago, you know, we were looking at 5% uh yield on the 10-year note. Now we're, you know, talking about the potential to reach 4% before uh, not too long. Um, Amazing. and that's been a major driver of the uh the huge rally we've seen here. Of course, that has coincided also with this idea that You know, the Fed is is not only done raising rates, but will be cutting rates uh, in the first half of 2024. I know that's a kind of a a question open for debate, um, but that's what the market's thinking right now. And that's how the market's trading. And that's what's being priced into stocks.
1: So I'm seeing a lot of debate in financial media on not the 10 year interest rate going to four, but maybe going to four, then maybe going back to four and a half, four and three quarters, that it's not going to be as smooth or as one directional of a trade as it has been. Of note, it was a crazy explosion from 4% to 5%, but it's been a crazy jump fall from 5% back down to the one level. Any thoughts on the volatility expectations for 2024?
4: Well, I think, you know, just like what we saw in stocks, we saw in bonds, and that being a lot of short covering interest, you know, as we were kind of moving up toward 5%, uh, there was a big, you know, a prominent narrative, of course, surrounding the, 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 the deficit and the all the debt issuance is going to be needed to fund that deficit. Uh, so a lot of people, you know, were leaning, you know, short the treasury market, and we've seen uh, that you know, those positions have having to be rethought here. Uh, and you've gotten a lot of covering that's helped uh, expedite this move back toward 4%. So I think in answer to your question, um, I don't that issue is not going away. Um, you know, we're still going to be running large deficits. And the thing that, you know, we have to kind of just keep an eye on, obviously, as we move into 2024, you know, if you get a slower economy uh, or even a recession you know you're not going to see tax receipts come in as you know as much as you might have anticipated that's going to create more of a problem for the treasury in terms of uh managing that deficit through through debt issuance and uh, and that could be you know an overhang potentially in 2024 that kind of slows this improvement we've been seeing in, in interest rates right now the market's kind of divorced itself from that idea Uh, It's just pinned itself mostly to this narrative that the Fed's done raising rates and will be cutting rates soon. And so it's kind of tabled the whole, you know, deficit issue that kind of got helped along by the quarterly refunding announcement that happened uh, in early November. Um, But I don't think we're done with it yet. And so uh, it, it could create a headwind here. Uh, as it relates to an ongoing improvement in yield, uh, and then um, you know the bigger issue I think also though for the stock market then is you know if you do get a, a continued de- you know decrease in yields because the economy is slowing, you have to start accounting for the fact that maybe earnings estimates for 2024 are are too high, and uh, and that's something that the market will be contending with as well as we move into the new year.
1: So, one of the things I'm seeing today, I think, is kind of plays into your ability of narrative is the Russell 2000 is doing well. And I bring that up because it's doing much better than, say, the SP 500, or the NASDAQ, or the Dow Jones Industrial Average today. The Russell 2000 at this point is up 1.4%. They're all up about 20 basis points or one fifth of a percent. In the last couple of months, we've seen that same trend where the mid caps and Russell 2000 are, are doing well. Is that necessary for us to have a good 2024, a widening of the breadth of the markets, maybe including some international or can we continue to do well with the mega cap seven um, story where the big get bigger?
4: Right. Well, yeah, I guess I suppose you could continue to do well just with those, you know, magnificent seven continuing to, to, you know, to pull their weight, so to speak. Um, It's not what, really I think most people want to see though, um, because uh it you know, it's become more of a safety trade now. So you know that if the mega if the Magnificent Seven are outperforming to an extreme manner and the rest of the market is underperforming, not doing so great, it's probably more of a reflection of that broader environment that may not be so good. And so that's sort of the uh, the idea I've been teasing on page one this week between the eye test and the smell test. Right, the That's eye right. test is that the indices look pretty good as you look at them because the mega caps have done so well. Uh, the smell test is that they you know, haven't, you know, been so great because you've had the underperformance of these, you know, the, the rest of the market. So you want to see the rest of the market pass the smell test. You want them participating in this because. It would be really a reflection of of investors' confidence in the economic outlook, I think, uh, as well as the earnings growth outlook. And, you know, we're seeing some seesaw action of of late, well, between yesterday and today. You have the rest of the market doing well again today. Uh, The mega caps are underperforming on a a relative basis. Um, And that's okay, you know. Um, and, And we can see that the rest of the market seems to be doing well as rates continue to come down and as the economic data uh, kind of fit that narrative of a soft landing as opposed to an actual recession. And and that's been something that's been really important here to um, uh, providing this underlying support to this rally effort that continues to uh, have some legs to it. Is
1: there anything else that you're working on that we should pay attention to?
4: Well, I'll be working on uh, our, our market view update, uh, for twenty twenty four that'll be published to the big picture column you know this friday and it's kind of be oriented around a theme of uh something you know I read that uh you may have heard of Nassim Taleb who wrote the Black Swan yeah. um has the saying that you invest in preparedness, not in prediction. I like that terminology only because you know this is the year where everyone's coming out with predictions it's just what we do in yeah. <laughs> as market analysts uh but of course, no one has can read the future, you know, you're making your best guesses based on what you, you know, see in front of you as, and you project from there. Uh, but I think we've all learned and been humbled by the fact that, you know, things rarely work out as neatly as you might anticipate in December when you're looking at, you know, full 12 months ahead. So uh, kind of going to ride around that idea of, um, of you know, listen, here, listen to these predictions, don't necessarily treat them as gospel, but instead, uh, you know, look at your own situation and how you want to have your own portfolio uh, situated for uh, for any type of outcome that we might see in 2024.
1: The industry lost two big advocates of predictions, uh, Byron Ween and um, now I'm Charlie Munger this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Byron Wien was a personal favorite of mine. He would come on CNBC and he'd give top 20 things that are going to happen next year and 10 of them were just crazy. And maybe one of those crazy ones would work. And, um, so you're not in the business of prediction, but they do, how shall we say, endear themselves to individuals?
4: Well, I really liked Byron Reed as well, because, uh, if nothing else, it's a thought exercise, right? You know, he's kind of comes out with those top 10 surprise ideas and that, you know, are seemingly unthinkable, but, you know, could be, possible and you have to you know kind of take take stock of those possibilities and um uh you know and so that that will be missed of course but i think it just goes right to the heart of someone who was very uh uh well informed about the markets uh providing his own insight that uh obviously he stood the test of time and earned the reputation he had and and was credible in those types of predictions and so Um, you know, so you do take those in, but obviously we have to account for that, uh, ongoing factor of uncertainty that can kind of change things in a moment's time. Uh, and so you just have to be ready for, uh, for anything that comes your way.
1: One of Byron Wayne's, he, he has a final list that I have on my computer desk right now. Um, many life lessons. And one of them was travel while you can get everyone, get everywhere before you wear out. And that's part of what you and I do is we try to get, people educated so they can invest so they can invest wisely and not lose money and not speculate and have that ability to um, enjoy this planet while we're on it. Um, Any last thoughts today?
4: Well, you know, we're going to see an employment report on Friday, month of November. That's right. Seeing some, you know, evidence coming in that would suggest there is some softening in the labor market, which is okay. Um, And it's kind of what, The Fed certainly wants to see here and what the market is comfortable with seeing so far, uh, because when you get some softer employment data, it kind of takes the Fed out of the equation in the market's mind. Um, so again, it's just watching that for a key inflection point because, you know, it's good to see, you know, non-farm payroll growth as opposed to an actual contraction to non-farm payrolls, which then if you get several months of a contraction, you start to. You know, you're going to hear more about the potential for a hard landing, the Fed having made a mistake. So right now, in terms of passing the eye test, in terms of the data, you want soft data, not necessarily very weak data
1: sounds good it's patrick o'hare with briefing.com a reliable source of international and domestic news i start my day there i end my day there i end my week there um, it covers so much content it is professional content um, it is not how shall we say uh, an influencer's blog uh, they've been doing it for 20 25 years at this point in time and i've had a nice relationship with them i'm really looking forward to 2024 thanks patrick I'm Rob Black. This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Times Man of the Year. First one was Charles Lindbergh. Uh, Then they changed it to person of the year through the years. It's a way of selling news. uh, It's a way of selling magazines for sure. Guess who was just named person of the year. I'll give you a second. Taylor Swift. Are we tired of Taylor Swift yet? No. Good. Me neither. Um, What a year. When we look back at, I think the thing that's going to freak me out the most is the federal reserve mentioned her in their papers, And said she was adding to inflation of hotel costs in big cities around the country. That she moved GDP. Taylor Swift for president. She can fix the economy by just going on tour. Not really, but you get the idea. Um, Let's move forward, shall we? Let's see. Retirees and buying a second home. Know that prices are still at an all-time high in mostly second uh, home markets. And some people would be better off going with an Airbnb or VRBO and then bounce around from city to city in retirement. But that may make things a little more challenging. I don't know. Borrowing still tough, although it's getting a little bit better in the last 45 days. Anytime you're a retiree, or heck, I'll even say young people, um, test drive areas where you're going to buy a home. Um, Juliet and I, in my our twenties, uh, we bought a home in Alexandria, Virginia. That we almost bought a home that was right on a path of an airport that had like a one lane road out to get to our jobs. That would have been forty five to an hour delay every day, but we got a hotel and we. At a kind of test of the market. It's like, nope. Maintenance on second homes adds up, and it's a killer. Property taxes are always a nasty surprise. Um, you can always rent, but renting's not always easy. Um, I have a friend who she's kind of a nomad. She's lived in very many places in her life, and um, as a renter, and some situations have been way better than others. Some landlords have been way better than others. Um, tax breaks on second homes are going to depend on usage, just so you know. Insurance, if you're buying in a luxury area, it might be at the mountains, What they have trees. And fire insurance is a big issue now. So just throw down, think before you jump. So the markets opened higher, and as I looked at this segment, I said, uh-oh, not because I'm alarmed, but... They they open considerably higher and they've been moving lower in large part because there was a labor report this morning that showed weakness of the ADB, ADP private payrolls. And that's OK. That's that shows a little bit of deflation and that that'll keep the Fed happy. He definitely won't be raising in December. Otherwise, I'm a monkey's uncle. do you Remember that phrase? I don't even know what it means. Um I'm sure some monkeys are writing complaint letters right now. You, my, my friend, are no monkeys' uncle. I know monkeys' uncles. Ten-year treasury sits at 4.13%, Bitcoin at 43,806. What a year they're having. They were on the nine count and then got up like Rocky Balboa. Russell 2000 is leading the market today, or the NASDAQ, today, or the Dow, and the SP 500. Google aims at OpenAI, and Microsoft is the most capable AI model yet. Google has released a new Gemini generative AI model. Platform services, is Google's answer to Microsoft's backed OpenAI, GPT 4. Um, DeepMind CEO said it's the company's most capable and general model. A lot of people are falling out of love with a i not a lot some um saying that it tends to copy you a little bit too much, so so say you're a Republican or say you're a Democrat. a lot of the answers are going to start modeling you and not necessarily be true answers, not panicking, just saying it is what it is um Oh, I have a good good story that I can squeeze in, I think. Um, McDonald's is going to open 9,000, almost 9,000, restaurants by 2027. They're going to add 100 million members to its loyalty program that already stands at 150 million. Uh, our appetites for Big Macs and chicken nuggets are still growing. Wall Street's worried that McDonald's is improperly positioned with uh, The economy and improperly positioned with weight loss drugs, i.e. we won't be eating as much junk food. The burger chain is phasing in an improved version of a new burger and doubling down on chicken. They want a global footprint total of 50,000 restaurants. Right now they have 41,198. For comparison, Starbucks has 55,000 cafes. And they they want 55,000 cafes. They currently have 38,000. Didn't you think we had enough McDonald's in America? One interesting thing that happened was we started moving around. And as we started moving around during the pandemic, McDonald's like, "Uh oh, some people left this most popular area. And now they're in a they're creating a new popular area. They want a billion active members for its loyalty program by 2027. I don't know about that. Loyalty program has grown to be a juggernaut, boosting mobile sales and encouraging customers to return more frequently. Big event coming up Thursday, 6.30 to 7.30, maybe 6.30 to 7.45. It is going to be about seven retirement readiness tests. You can only sign up at robblackshow.com or chadburton.com. If you don't sign up, you can't get access to the event. But if you do sign up, we'll send you a link to a replay. So retirement readiness equals retirement happiness in my mind. Taxes, health and wellness, investing, long-term care, savings, and tax-efficient distribution strategies. Sign up at roblackshow.com. It's Thursday, December 7th, 630 to 730-ish. Find me online at
3: roblackshow.com. It's free. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, December 7th for a live webinar you could watch from home. Chad will walk you through these 7 Steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least 500000 in investable assets and want to better gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate, and create tax efficiencies, this event is for you. The 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness webinar, Thursday, December 7th, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. Can't make it to the live webinar? Register to receive an on-demand recording after the webinar concludes. Go to robblackshow.com.